You're listening to Podhaven. Claps incessantly. <laughs> I um I have no desire for that to continue. got a bit of a situation I thought I thought everything had been sorted out and there were no um, no issues with it um, a thing was... had been sorted out uh, promise me you won't be mad what did you do this time Josh what's happened is by the way, and I'm just making it. I'm making it thoroughly clear that I haven't promised that I'm not going to be mad, but I still want you to tell me. Mm. That's fair. I, sh- I shall take that as an implicit yes. Um, <laughs> you literally said that. No. Yeah, no, she, she literally did. You you literally said that, but I choose to take it as an implicit yes. What's happened is, and neither of you stopped me. So, this is as much your fault as it is mine, I'd like uh-huh. you to bear in mind. You know how I did resolve the thing with Metaton heroically? I take it yeah, that was um, wrong. Yeah, you did it and didn't give me a chance to stop you, and as such, I now have 15 tentacles and half of my form has turned into glitched pixels. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you weren't prepared for that to happen when you decided to start the podcast, frankly, I've got a question how committed you are to this whole endeavour. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly with Josh on this one. Fine. So, you know how I did that and solved that? Yay me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, go- the it- ghost who haunts the podcast kind of did it. It's It's funny you should mention the ghost that haunts the podcast... Yeah, where is he? I'd, I'd like to thank him for his help. He's around. He's around, is he? Where, whereabouts? Uh, all of it. All of the podcasts, like like always, or um. All. Mm. Has has the ghost just ascended into as, ascended into a being of pure light energy and is now manifesting throughout every inch of the universe? I mean, certainly the planet, because mm. in the process of destroying the broadcast machine, I may have delivered the ghost into every electronic device on the planet. Oh. Which, in this current digital age, basically renders him omnipotent. I mean, you you kind of predicted all of this with your deep thought, which was about the, the transitory properties of ghosts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I... I kind of... I didn't make the connection... Like I knew it would, I knew he'd get from the podcast to the machine. I didn't think he'd then go from the machine to everything else. Okay, so I my, just didn't think my continued not being mad at you is dependent on one thing. Mm-hmm. Is the warlord okay? Mm. 
The warlord seems bafflingly unaffected. Oh, okay. Uh, LiveJasmine.com seems unscathed. Uh, the, final ba- huh. the final bastion in the um, in the ghost inning. Certainly, certainly one of the final bastions. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to what's been affected by this. Uh, certain problems will just flare up intermittently, but because, of course, there is a literal ghost in every machine now. Yeah, that's very spooky. Uh, has has started haunting. Uh, the internet in its entirety. If I'm honest, Josh. Yeah. I am just glad about which which ghost you chose. Mm-hmm. Really, because I mean, think of your other options. You had the wet, unrelated grudge. That wouldn't have been great. And it's true. you have the anal phantom. And I don't think anyone would have wanted the anal phantom becoming omnipotent. Oh yeah, absolutely I re- not. I don't recall the anal phantom at all, but that would have been a problem. I mean, this has happened every time I brought the anal phantom back up. Hmm. I think we all uh, just kind me. of want to forget the it's anal me, phantom. It's me, the anal phantom, I'm here. Hello. Put it in ya. <laughs> not now. Bye. We've, we've got gone. other ghosts. I mean, at least, at least he knows when he when he's not welcome. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is something he has um, over the ghost who haunts the podcast. Yeah. I mean, every everything, I guess. The ghost who haunts everything? Mm. Pretty much everything. Has as it taken over Metaton? Oh, see, that's a good uh, question. I well, while Metaton is mechanical, Metaton is not remotely accessible really like he's not he's not plugged into the wi-fi or anything so he's as fine as one can be after having been thwarted so handily but i've not seen him since to be honest i don't know where he's off to he might not be okay we don't know he sort of you know failed in his plans and then vanished mm. as as many people I mean, often do post thwarting He's also a ghost, so he could have uploaded I, himself I everywhere. I don't think he wanted that getting out. We're all, oh. we're, all pre- we're all pretending we don't know still. Oh, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, sorry. It's, it's like, like we all know. Uh, who were we, we talking? Know, what, you know? so the weather's was Different nice one. today. The weather was. We, t- we were talking about the weather. Why am oh, I yeah. fucking pretending? He dicked me over. I don't know why I care. <laughs> but like, anyway, the weather is a ghost. The weather's a ghost. Uh, speaking of, I, I get your point. Uh, there are worse phantoms that I could have sent. I think that's what—that's really why I relied on the ghost that haunted the podcast in the first place, because he was just sort of like kept himself to himself, didn't bother anyone. Uh, he's changed oh. a bit. Oh, so he's not just kind of lurking in the background like he was in the podcast for the past 27 episodes or something. He tried that for a bit, but it yeah, turns I mean, out being connected to everything is a lot of information to take in imagine at once. quite a bit of work as well. Yeah, and he's just taking in all of it constantly with 
no respite because everything's constantly active, just pumping information through his consciousness. And it's somewhat driven him to madness and to declare that he will never know peace until he's silenced the white noise of human existence forever. Oh. Oh. So it's not ideal, but... It's not. Yeah, it's, if I'm honest, not the best idea I've ever had. I mean, what do you say on balance that it's better than what we had with the the constant uh, inability to access anything? I, I, I think you could describe it as a lateral move. Um, ah. I don't think it's not better. <coughs> mm. But you don't think it's better either? No. I think so it's... merely a series of events I would, have I wouldn't occurred. Want to... A series of events have Some occurred. Some events have occurred, and, and the I universe wouldn't say that it's worse. in turn readjusted and reset things so that they are once again balanced. Such is the passage of time. Mm. Well, that's it. I think it, it, like it's balanced. It's basic dialectics, you know. isn't it? It's, it's a question of perspective. It's all in balance. You know, so it's not... It's not there's good things and there's bad things. Yes, I have released a ghost into everything, right? Yeah. The internet, all computers. The blockchain's fucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Blockchain virtual of the night. I've disrupted the blockchain. And having done it, I have to say... I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with doing it. I'm not rich, and we're all doomed. Are we? Are we doomed? I mean, I, mean, I don't know that I would say what, doomed in what's hindsight. It, what's even? What's connected to the internet? Uh, it's not like there's any missiles or anything connected to the internet, is it? Not to the internet, no. But do you know or what? To any like computer system? Oh, well, see, there is where it's um. I'm sure nobody would have connected anything important to a computer. I mean, what's a computer, really? It's like, it's, it's nothing. But do you know what a computer does do? Do you, know, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what a computer does do? How? What was that? It hurt Ow. my ear. Yeah, same. Oh, what? Look, at the, at the end of the day, it's fine. Like, it's good. It's, res- like, the Metaton thing's resolved at least, so can we be happy for me there? Yeah. No. I blew up the... What do you mean, no? <laughs> Look, it, I'll admit it's been a bit of a mixed couple of weeks. Josh, yeah. do you want to know the series of events that you've caused? Okay, look. Number one, I almost died in a plane crash. What, what number technically... Two, number two, we couldn't access the internet for, like, a, a week or so because of Metaton. Number three, you didn't give me any warning and I got zapped into the astral plane and then returned changed. Well, who has And now, there's a ghost haunting everything. But I destroyed the machine Metaton was using. And the blockchain's gone. Okay, look, okay, I did release 
a malevolent spectre across half the planet where it will now wreak immeasurable havoc. But, in my defence, in doing so, I did also destroy the only machine that could have stopped him. In your defence. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see your point now. Welcome to the Andy Haven podcast with me, your host, Eldritch Elodie Cunningham. Yay. Joined, as always, by my lovely host, Astra Johnson. Hello! And, and also Josh Rivers, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> so, like, video games? Yeah. So We might as well. Video games. I played a lot of them. Do you, do you know where I, where I played them at? Where did you play them at? EGH Rush 2018 in the Tobacco Docks in London. Oh my fuck. Oh, I hate Tobacco Docks. Oh. It's like one of the worst venues. It, it's I, the worst place to plug in your tobacco. Uh, it really is, yeah. It's really difficult. It's like a maze of But when there's loads of weird tunnels. cool games in it, it makes it feel like a, a curious quest. Ah, but when go. it's when it's just full of um, weirboos at the Hyper Japan thing oh yeah uh, and you can't bad. you can't you can't move for people you can't find your way around it and hyper japan keeps booking that place over everywhere else and i'm very sick of it it's always too warm in the summer and too cold in the winter i mean yeah i'm very angry at tobacco dot carry on so ejx regged mm. and is the uh the the younger sibling of egx the UK gaming convention, and it's where. Hello, hello, it's me, EGX West. I'm here. Tracer. I'll look. I'll look. It's no, it's not Tracer. It's EGX West. They're here. voiced by the same people, though. Ah. Oh, I'm EGX West. Hello. Don't worry, lads. <laughs> oh, hello, Tracer. You, you. Don't worry, lads. Tim so, Shaters sorry, here. So, sorry, I meant to say Twacer because that's how I talk on media. So anyway, West. EGX Rezzed. Um <laughs> It was a very good, very good time. Thank you for calling a prompt oh, to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> it was a very good time. I had a lot of fun. Um, there were lots of very good games and I want to talk about some of them. Specifically, All right. I want to talk about the really weird shit. Nice. Good. There were lots of very Always strange games. Start. I'll start at least weird, and I'll move into weirdest. Nice progression of weirdness. Mm. So there was a game called Vaccination. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a co-op game. One person controls um, uh, like a camera that has a sort of x-ray vision of a, of a human body. Um, and you huh. look around using a joystick... Um, and you need to look out for um, specific coloured microbes that are getting into the body and going towards, like, important points around the body. Mm -hmm. When they get close to those points in the body, you need to tell your co-op partner what colour the microbe is and where in the part of the body it is, and they, on an operation-style, like, an operation board game-style controller sort of thing will grab a, a syringe 
um, tap um, a metal contact onto a colour to change the colour of the syringe, and then tap that colour onto the part of the body where the microbes are. So, so what you're hmm. telling me is that this game is um, keep talking and nobody gets chlamydia. But in real life, yeah. That's Not the chlamydia part, like the, the the controllers part. It's very good. It's really, really uh, cool. Oh, I see. So, like, it's like a, a board game style thing? Right? It's kind of like a mix between a board game and a video game, because the other component is somebody... Or like, or like the the operation style board game table is connected to a computer, um, oh, and the other person is playing basically a video game of them looking around the body. Huh. And then when the other player touches the different diodes, um, the you get like a a radius of that um, that antivirus that blows up on the screen. And then you get real chlamydia. It's really yeah, cool. it's, yeah. Part of the it's experience. interesting how they managed to implement that at all. I yeah, know, right? Like, it's really fascinating. Yeah. So oh, no, it sounds. It does sound like an interesting game. It is a lot of fun. It my, gets really hectic. My one, my one thing about games like this, though, is that like I'm never gonna be able to. Never play gonna it. be in a situation. So where, yeah, I am literally never gonna be in a situation where I can play this video game. So the next the three games are exactly like that, <laughs> as well. Huh. Um, yeah. But they're really. I really want to talk about them because they're really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So the next now, one see, that's a thing I think we should talk about afterwards mm. because that's that's kind of a thing. But um, I have a I have a particular you, opinion about, about the it, next, so. Before you talk about the next one, Astrid. Yeah. I, I me and Josh, yeah. Yeah. Neither of us was at res, which means democratically speaking, none of us was at res because as a podcast we aren't okay. democratically. That's true. Uh, so we weren't at rest, so we weren't like... at rest. So that means that um, I'm going to talk about um, something I found at a, a little convention I call Elodie's bed. Elodie's bedroom rest. All right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. This to This is me. the real rest that democratically we all attend. I mean, I'm not there. Yeah. We're attending it now. I so mean, this I, is the I, more I, important rest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're attending it right now, uh, audially. Yeah, through the medium of your ears. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the first thing Shivering is this, in my cho- boots. this chocolate bar. All right. Chocolate bar. It's a chocolate bar I got in Holland when I was in Holland. Oh, nice. That's pretty fancy. Uh, do you know what the main, the main brand of chocolate that they have in Holland is called? What is it called, Elodie? Grant Mendrickson's best fucking bars. Chocolate I mean, you're with not... added weed. Yeah. I mean, Josh was actually fairly close, considering... You're having a laugh. Um, oh. Tony's Choco-Lonely. Okay. Oh my fucking god, I need some. That's so Never good. in my Choco life Lonely. have I needed something so bad. Yeah, big fucking mood right there. It was actually really tasty. That's really... That that's, really... that's pretty great. So, Elodie, I'm going to say three words, and you need to rate... Okay. Um, how much, how accurately those words describe, like, w- on a scale of one. Uh, I thought it had to be a three-word review. No, 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 not a three-word review. That's what I was getting at. No, 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 Josh, Josh, you don't know what we're talking about, right? Um, you see, your your okay, problem th- is you're trying to make it feasible. Yeah. All right. So this is also fun because I will have had to edit that bit out because it got confusing because of me not hearing everything properly. Yeah. 
Uh, so what Josh just said makes absolutely no sense in the context of um, of the actual podcast that we're releasing. Yeah, it's great. The it's internet. great. But democratically, <laughs> yeah, it democratically makes sense it did because happen. two out of the three of us heard yeah. it. Yeah. So, so you now have to pretend to have heard it, yeah. or it's treason. Yeah, it's tr- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Elodie, chocolate yeah. that you that you have, you, you you've have you eaten it before? Have you tried? I some of it? ate it. That's good. I ate it. I ate the whole bar in bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it so much. I ate it all in one go. And I also made some chocolate mistakes, and my hoodie that I just got got covered in chocolate mistakes. Oh no. I was a mucky pup. I was very sleepy and I didn't want to get out of bed, but I wanted to eat my chocolate. Yeah, big mood right there. So, Elodie, I'm going to say three words. With each of of those words is a a, a part of the experience of eating chocolate, and you need to rate that experience of eating this chocolate on a scale of one star to five stars. I'll try my best. Okay, flavour. Uh, four? I mean, it was good. It was good. Originality. I'd say I'd say five because do you know what was in this chocolate? What was in the chocolate? What was in the chocolate? It had toffee. That's not that original. But mm-hmm. the other thing it had in it, yeah, yeah, was yeah. pretzel. Pretzel. Strapsels. Toffee and pretzel. It a pretzel. Re- right, that yeah, makes no, more not strapsels. Not a cough I mean, lozenge. That's definitely sounds weird. like a five. It was weird, but. I did come home with a very pleasant feeling throat, so we're okay. That's good, cool. Yeah. So, next go. one, final thing. Mouthfeel. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a five, because it was one of the best textures of chocolate I've ever had. Oh, damn, that's you, that's, you, that's glowing endorsement for this chocolate. You it's put, a solid you, chocolate that, bar. It, it had just the right firmness of bite, Ooh. where you get that, yeah. you know, that, pl- that bit where you bite down on the chocolate and there's like some... Some difficulty getting through it at first, but then you get it to exactly the right amount, and then it just breaks off. Oh, into that's, your good mouth and that's good shit! That makes that little snap noise. It was like that, and then it was real creamy going down. That is some cheeky chocky. Yeah, and that's that's um that's that's the first good thing chocolate. that we got in the exhibition here. First at, um, exhibition. What what was it? El- John El- John Eddie's Lonely's terrible rest. time. What was mm. it called? T- Tony's Choco Lonely. There we go. There we go for all the kids at home. Um, so, I want to talk about more video games. Okay, but remember, we've not, like, we have, none of us have been to Res Democratic. That's fine, so that's fine. You've got, you've got to, like, in a show of solidarity, you know, talk about so, it as if another you have actually been there. Another game that I didn't see at Res because I didn't go there, but looked pretty cool yeah, and somebody told go. me a lot about it, um, was Wobble Garden. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued by this, but I just got to, I've just got to break in here with something actually serious about Tony's Chocolate Only because I've just discovered something. Oh. Uh, Tony's Chocolate Only is a Dutch confectionery company focused on producing and selling chocolate, closely following fair trade practices, strongly opposing slavery and child labour by partnering with trading companies in, uh, sorry, in Ghana and the Ivory Coast to buy cocoa beans directly from farmers, providing them with a fair price for the product and combating exploitation. Oh, it's ethical chocolate too, then. It's ethical chocolate. Ethical Tony's chocolate, chocolate only. Only. That's perfect. So, like, That's going to be the name of the podcast, right? Ethical Chocolate Lonelies. Yeah, Ethical Chocolate Lonelies. <laughs> well, I guess so, now. Yeah, 
So, Wobble no Garden, right? Right? <laughs> Wobble Garden. I really want to talk about this game. Yes. So, it's not... It's kind of like a mix between a video game and a board game. Instead okay, of a screen, again. there are LED lights. And those LED lights are um, circle an array of those door stopper spring thingies that that stop the the um the opening of a door being too hard on the wall okay right yeah it's about like 40 or 50 of those in a sort of like weird hexagon shape and each of them are encircled with little leds and they're touch sensitive and react to being flung That it huh. actually sounded really weirdly familiar until you mentioned the flinging. I love to fling. Yeah, so like you, you like fling like spring sort of the the little springs, and it it rea- it reacts in the game. And there are loads of different mini games. Like there's one that's just freestyle mode, and it makes really funky, weird noises. Um, there's one that's like um, you have to like basically you know when you, you know when you turn your like index and middle finger into a pair of legs and you walk along surfaces. Constantly, like a tiny man. Um, it, no, like I literally walk like that way. I take my feet off the ground and can just walk up walls like that. It's incredible. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's <laughs> fucking hell, Josh. Sorry the, sorry, the image is just too funny. It's so good. Um, so you basically have to do that with the fingers, not the walking up walls. Um, and you have to like walk your fingers along the the springs. Like, um, like you're balancing on wooden beams in a lake in a ninja movie, um, and you have to like pick up points and dodge obstacles and get to the exit. Uh, and there's also one that's just a really cute koi pond simulator, um, where like the LEDs, like all the LEDs go blue, and then there's like tiny little orange LEDs that float around like fish. And if you touch the, if you touch the springs, they go towards the springs. But if you flick the springs, it splashes the water and they go away. You've simulated fish. In your LED doorstopper hexagon. Yeah. Yeah. What if you accidentally Excellent. kicked it? I mean, if you accidentally kicked it, that'd probably be bad because it'd break, so you don't do that. What if you deliberately kicked it? Then like... you'd probably be asked to leave EGX Res 2018. If you went, which I didn't because yeah, I wasn't there. Because we didn't, yeah, yeah, because we didn't yeah. go. Um, but yeah... Um, it's really cool. It's just a really cool thing, and uh, the guys even in talks with like some DJs and musicians to turn it into a sort of like a soundboard or like a synthesizer, nice. which is so. Wait, what's, awesome. what's it called again? What? What's it called again? Wobble Garden. Wobble Garden. Um, the oh, developer yeah. made a game for last year's EGX called Line Wobbler, which has a, an, another door spring and then a light beam that you break at certain points um, to do different things, and it's like a dungeon crawler. <laughs> That's why it sounded so yes. familiar. Yes, it's the same person that made Line Wobbler. Right, okay. So, do they, does this person exclusively make games about wobbling? Uh, I get that The next one's impression. going to be Wobble Trapezohedron. Let me try and find a video oh. clip. Because right. it's really funky seeing it in like in person. I found it. Okay. It's very important we see this video clip on an audio podcast. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we can describe it. Oh my god! You sent a picture of the t- uh, the Tony's chocolate. That's really cool. Yeah, Tony's chocolate only. Can Can you guess what uh, 
milk caramel Z's out means. What? There on the side it says Z's out milk caramel. Can you guess what that means? No. It means milk caramel sea salt. That's really fancy. Because apparently Dutch for sea salt is Z's out. That's great. Are you have yeah, you seen the, the video best way of this to say sea salt? Have you seen this video that I linked? I'm I'm looking at it now. It's a wobbly bunch of stuff that's happening. This is like one of the freestyle modes. Spring football, uh, actually. It's really cool. Yeah. That looks quite bizarre. I know, right? It's amazing. That looks like I, something that would be in a spaceship in the 80s. I know, right? I, I, it, I get, got exactly the same vibes from it. I I love those little springy things. Mm. Springy I'm do. having I'm having one issue with it, though, as a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that I find it very difficult to pass where like the, the main thing is when there's so many flashing lights rippling across it at the same time. So mm. um, that is a point. I think um, I think the developer has actually um, improved that particular minigame since then and made a couple okay. of more. And it, when you're playing it like with your hands on it, it does actually feel a lot better. Or so I've been told from the person that went because I didn't go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was really, really fascinating. Asteroid 2. I want to talk. I want to talk about more video games. But did you want to? Did you want to go and do the democratic um, looking at other thing? Yeah, thing? in the interests oh, yeah, of democratic uh, balance. Yeah, yeah. The, it's it's the next. It's it's the next of all of these exhibits that we have at um, at Elodie's room rest. Yeah. Yeah. So I've actually got a couple more. I told you I only had two when I first talked. I uh, pitched this to you, mm. but. I, I've remembered another thing, but the first thing we're going to talk about is this um this Star Wars toy I got here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got Star Wars. Okay. Toy. Yeah, I found this in the loft. All right. So you remember oh, wow. Star Wars Episode Two, the clone problem? Yeah, yes. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. You know how there's that the big um the big the big guy they fight in it. The big the old big, friend. Big old friend. The yeah. big, big old. The yeah. big red bull. Everyone's guy, favorite you know? big old friend. You know who I mean, though, right? Yeah, Grand, um... Him. Uh, I'm actually going to put a picture, because I think it's important to get a visualisation. Um, okay. That, you okay. know, that bit that bit of the film where, uh... It, 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 uh yeah. <laughs> okay, so this, this fella here... Uh, I cannot see oh, the fella. Oh, here we go. Uh, here's a fella. Here we go. Oh, that, that yeah, everyone's oh, favourite yeah, fella. The, uh, yeah, you remember him now? The, it's the, the big the red horny boy. The rhyme num sum nums. He's called he's called the reek. The reek. Oh, it's, that's because he smells funny. Yeah. Well, Top I found I found a large like. Yeah. I found a toy in the in the loft of him. Oh yeah, and it's yes. it's like to scale with all the other Star Wars figures, so it's pretty big. It has an action feature mm. where if you mm -hmm. press down the button, its head kind of moves up in a in a way that like its neck would not allow, but that's fine. That sounds really and uncomfortable. It's, it's it's its legs kind of uh, go up in the air like it's rearing up. Oh, but um <laughs> like 
the designers of this Star Wars toy had to choose the um had to choose the the button placement. Oh no! Oh so no! They had to, they had to decide oh, where no, to put the button. Uh, where's that button make, gone, Elodie? Yeah, where's the button to make the uh, the legs go up and the head go up like he's all like rearing up all fiercely? It's his dingus. Of course, it's his dingus. They got a molded bulge on it. Oh my like goodness! How they do, you know how some <laughs> some dinosaur figures have that little bulgy bit rather than putting a pengus on it? They've just got that little bulge at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Would well, molded got one of bulge those, be yeah. too graphic as an episode title? No. Have you have you Excellent. listened to this podcast, Josh? <laughs> oh God, no. Oh uh, yeah. So basically. There's, there's a Star Wars toy of a red rhino thing where if you if you touch its dick it throws itself in the air and snaps its own neck. Yeah, it's very lovingly That sounds horribly molded. depressing. <laughs> it's lovingly moulded I disagree, um, I think it's hilarious. Uh, a lovingly moulded Pengus un- rhinoceros. It's yes. very, very unpleasant to push into the body because like I mean, it's both painful looking to the creature that you're pushing its pengus right up inside its tummy. Mm, uh, uh. And it's also just a really unpleasant, um, like, button to press. It's not it's not a nice feeling to press Oof. it. It's, it's quite rigid, and it kind of pushes into your skin a bit as you push it. Too much it. physical resistance. Ooh. Yeah. That just yeah. sounds like, overall, a bad um, sensory experience. Yeah, so, like... This the the figure's alright. I I used to love that thing as a kid, but I I didn't really have any conceptual idea of how terrible it was in terms of a design for a toy that I bought in Toys R Us in Southampton. Oh, but oh no, no, amazing. Tell a lie, tell a lie, tell a lie. I didn't buy it in the Southampton one. I bought it in the one at. In pool instead of that, so. Buck, this changes everything. Yeah, so that's fine then. That, yeah. That's that's the alright. Ten, ten out of ten. Toys. <laughs> ten out of ten would. Rhino Pengus again. Uh, Should I talk about another video game? Yeah. If yeah, you're that, that, was, that was the second exhibit we have here at um, Elegy's Room Rest. Yeah. Right. Um, I will talk about one more. Okay. And that one more game is called Stereopolis. Oh. oh. I'm going to give you all a an immersive audio description. Right. It's my second favorite kind of description. Yeah, I should Is it going to be binaural? What? Is it going to be binaural? It is now. That can stop immediately. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> Stereopolis um, is a bit of an interesting video game. Um, it is projected onto a frosted glass disc. <laughs> Something about the way you said that was just funny to me. I'm glad, I'm glad. I did try to make it's it funny. You did kind of roll the R, so it came out as like a frosted glass disc. A frosted, frosted an artisanal frosted I wanna hear, glass disc. I want to hear Tim Curry say frosted glass disc now. Hello, it's me, Tim Curry. I have never known I'm... 
that I I'm, needed that in my life. Yeah, I know. Right? I I'm here. It's Tim uh, Curry. It's everyone's favourite Tim oh, Curry. Oh shit, everyone, it's Tim Curry. You can... Every... Anything can happen, happen on, on Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> the dog could turn into a cat. Into a bat. <laughs> 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 I'm Tim... Smashing. <laughs> okay, okay. He's gone now, he's left. But yeah, so Stereopolis is projected onto a frosted glass disc, uh, and you also have 360 degree vision, so you can see all around you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to move and shift around in the environment to try and find anamorphic shapes. Mm-hmm. A bit to like when end? a bit like when you line up the runes. What in that Hellblade video game? Mm-hmm. A, a bit like when you're going around and you're just kind of lining up shapes in real life. That's what I do a lot. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, a bit like when you're lying in bed at three in the morning trying to sleep, and a jumper that you've just left somewhere looks like some weird crab thing that's just watching you while you sleep. Big fucking mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, or, or like not when that you're I know ju- what that's like. Or like when you you're in your room at night and it's three a.m. and you're trying to sleep and there's a big fucking crab thing in your room and he won't leave. And he looks it like lo- your jumper. And it looks like your jumper. And yeah, you try yeah, he and put it just, on and it's awkward. Yeah, Malcolm. And it's his name is. His name's Malcolm. I hate huh. him. Malcolm McCrab thing. He's always in here at three in the morning. Anyway, carry on. But yeah, so it was developed by this guy called um, Ben Vadren. Um. <laughs> And he's 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 a really cool dude, and he just he was messing around with camera perspectives and shape distortions one day, and basically went that would be a cool video game, um, and it is a very cool video game. Um, it's very trippy, and the way that it's set up makes it feel quite immersive, um, and it's just really really like you can spend ages trying to find the shapes in this environment but you still want to have a good time because it's like like how why he made the game in the first place really fascinating to just watch all of these shapes distort and bend and spiral in different directions um and oh, right. um, I, I had a, I did had this a, ever have did this ever have like a non non proprietary hardware like release on itch.io no, or something it didn't and so, that okay. brings me There's on to the something... next point okay um, so Stereopolis is never going to be released commercially. It's only going to be mm. playable in that version that Ben has, and he brings it around to shows, he watches people play it, he takes notes, he updates it, and he brings it to another show. Because he likes the idea of it being this in-between of a video game and an art piece. Okay. And that I feel like that huh. describes a lot of what like a lot of the very interesting like proprietary game experiences at Rezd, especially in the left field collection which is where every game that is made for the sake of being a game and not for the sake of selling it ends up and i think that's really interesting and i kind of like it i mean i've got some thoughts on that and Mm. i think we're gonna get into it in a sec first thing i want to say is that um the reason I brought up whether it was whether it had like an itchy release thing is that a similar concept 
um, was in a game that was played. Um, uh, I've I've mentioned on the podcast Vine Sauce before. Mm. Um, well, sometimes he does like just collections of weird little indie games, mostly just okay. very arty and odd. One okay. of them had very a very similar concept of um, lining lining shapes up to get through the environment, but also very trippy visually and stuff. Okay. Uh, that one was not great in terms of... I don't remember what this game was called, but basically it made Finny, the streamer on there, uh, very sick feeling, and it made me very sick feeling to watch, and I wasn't even playing it. So I was a bit worried for a second that it was the same thing, but this thing sounds like it's a lot better made. Oh yeah, no, a it's lot... a lot more polished, and you can you can... You can you can feel the effort because um, I played it for about a half an hour and I only started to get a tiny bit disoriented, but it was kind of in a good way where it was like I'm getting disoriented but I'm enjoying the experience, which if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. normally feel that way about disorientation, but I did when I was playing this, and I don't know what it is, but um, whatever uh, whatever Ben has done, um, it's. It feels like the distort. It feels like the disorientation is part of the experience because it's not overbearing or uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. It's something that you have to be very careful with. And this yeah. other game that had a similar conceptual angle, I think, didn't. Didn't yeah. do it well. So I'm I'm glad that it has been done well because it's an interesting idea to play with perspective and like that. Absolutely. Um, uh, so the next thing, before we go on to actually discussing the our Video opinions game art on piece thing, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just gonna bring your attention to the the last big exhibit here at um, Elodie's room, Res ah, yes. twenty twenty eighteen. Mm. Um, this is Rhino in a box. Huh? What? Sorry. This is Rhino Poo in a box. Oh. Rhino. Rhino. Rhino Poo in a box. Okay. Natural History Museum. Rhino Poo in a box includes banana tree seeds. Oh. And the in rest case of the writing. You want to grow banana. What? The rest, the rest of the writing on on the front of it, they've put in like a very light yellow font on top of white for some reason, which has not done wonders for the um the readability of it. I don't want you to find out. No, but the rest of the rest of the front of it is taken up by a photograph of a rhino's ass. Oh. Uh, so this I got in a charity shop for one pound. That's iconic. Uh, I got it in a charity shop for one pound. It's from the Natural History Museum. This That's box iconic. This box, uh, real iconic, not Ubisoft iconic. Yeah. Uh, obligatory gym selling. So we're we're in this box. We're doing an unboxing here live on the podcast. Oh yeah, let's, let's unbox some Rhino shit live. Okay, so we got a little I knew baggie here. There's a reason here. I love talking with you guys. Yeah, there's a little baggy here. It's the rhino shit. Uh, yeah, it's it's the rhino shit. It it just kind of 
the constant supply of rhino shit. They describe it on the back of the box as odorless rhino poo. Oh, wow. That's um, when like that. Yeah, I'm putting my nose up to it and it doesn't really <laughs> smell of anything. Um, and it just kind of it just kind of looks like little bits of brown grass. It doesn't really look like poo as you'd imagine it. The other thing we got in the box here is it's it says banana seed locked and then has some numbers. But the, as far as I can tell, there is a single banana seed in this. Just it's a big one. Okay. Just a real big seed. Big um, old seed. Yeah. So we got one big seed. We got a bag of poop that don't smell and it's fine. And they're all in this little cardboard box, which um, ha has a a paper sleeve round it that has a picture of a rhino's ass. And that's the third thing that we have here at um, LED's room, Res 2018. Well, why do you own this? Yeah, bought it in a charity shop for one pound. That's why I own it. I bought it in a charity shop. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't mean as how we, how did you acquire it. I meant like from a philosophical standpoint. Why? Why do you own this? Because I went into a charity shop in in Basingstoke. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that explains it. Yeah. So that that's that. You now understand. Sweet. <sighs> So let's talk about, like, conceptual, philosophical stuff about video games. Yes. So, See, video I games get... as art pieces. I get it, but at the same time, I I have a certain aversion to the concept of things that most people can't experience. I can get that. I can get that. I mean, yeah. it's... It, the thing is that um, even... even with um, things like pieces of art, you can look at a picture of them and get the mm. experience. But with games uh, being inherently interactive... Mm. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, like it just. Um, I can understand that. Yeah, for sure. Like it does, it me it, it renders um, a large part of the experience inaccessible. And it the other issue with it is that, it, as someone who, whenever I go to events, I go to them with someone who is um. Has, um, some chronic illnesses that make. I don't. It just events like this don't tend to have very good accessibility. Is the issue? Is what I'm trying to. I mean, I can see say. what you're trying to say, but at the same time, I feel like that could be said for a lot of things, and I feel like I feel like an experience like this isn't. I, I think it's in. It is inherently not for everyone but not in an elitist way. I think it's just one of those things where, like, because there are a lot of things that are experiences that can't really be for everyone. Like, bungee jumping, for instance, 
I know that's a bit of a zany comparison. Um, the thing is that there a lot of things like that. There are accessible versions of them. Yeah. yeah. That can be done by people who are physically disabled. The main issue I'm having is the the concept of something only being accessible within uh, shows like this. I think the argument there is that the the proprietary aspects of it are a, an important part of the experience. Like um, he, uh, the developer uh, Ben talked about how um, he. I think he can he'd considered putting it up online. But playing it on just a monitor, it didn't really have the same... I, I know this is a pretentious wanky thing, but I am a pretentious wanker. So, um, the, like, playing it projected onto the screen in a show is, like, is a large... Like, it, it's, it's a good game on its own, but it's a large part of what makes it so interesting... But I can totally understand your pers- like the the perspective that it's not particularly accessible. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like when something that doesn't inherently need to be experienced full bodied, if you get what I mean, mm. can't be experienced by somebody who has accessibility issues. That just kind of it feels a bit iffy I mean, to me. That's all. I mean, it is worth mentioning though that the controls for this game. Are just a, a gamepad. Oh uh, yeah, that that that's that's fine. But I mean, like it's convention style things aren't very accessible. And if 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 he only allows people to play this game at shows. Yeah, the problem is more that this is only appearing in a location that is physically not the most accessible. Whereas whereas the thing itself, the actual like game slash art piece would otherwise be completely accessible if not for the fact that it only appeared there. Um, I... No, like, I get it. I get yeah. it, and I understand. I just... I just wish that, um... I just wish that people who had accessibility issues had more access to things like this. And that's just kind of a general sentiment I get because that's, that's I, fair. Yeah, that's fair. I wish that conventions were more accessible in general and had more um more disability um like actual help for people with disabilities because usually all it is is that you get a slight discount on your ticket, still have to walk around the place, no real room if you need to use a wheelchair or a walking stick. Oh yeah, no, mm. absolutely. Uh, and I think it is. It's partially just an issue of. Um, the way conventions are set up are very very inaccessible towards people with disabilities okay, yeah, um, no, I get what you mean yeah, no, um, no, I completely agree I completely agree and it's just the, the fact that um, you can only ever play these things at those things um, that's kind of more of an issue of um accessibility than anything else really and like I get that I understand especially with things with proprietary hardware um, you can't just you can't just have those about yeah yeah the odds of mass producing those and getting them into people's houses are it's not it's not likely yeah it's not likely 
And I fully understand why these things happen. I just think it's a shame that people with physical disabilities, people who are poorer and can't access these sorts of events and things like that. Or even people who just don't have the time. Yeah, don't have the time. I mean, people in lower classes tend to have less time because they have to do more work to get less money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This sounds hyperbolic, and I don't mean it in terms of I think these people are bad. I just it just it's the same conceptual idea as um, gentrification, in which something becomes inaccessible for people who can't, who don't have the means to access it. Okay. Um... I can kind of see the comparison. Like they've made a game like not. Like they've got, they've kind of tried to elevate it almost to like being more of an. I mean, I don't know that elevates the right word, but I guess that was kind of the intent behind it is to sort of ele- elevate it in terms of this stands out more and is more like conceptually odd. It's an uh, experiment to the point where it pretty it pretty much becomes like an art installation more than it does a, what we would conventionally consider a game. Yeah, but in doing that and in trying to make it more interesting in that way, they've put themselves in a situation where it's really not accessible to people because they they've just got to make there's just so many caveats involved in like getting this set up and like being able to actually demonstrate it yeah because you can't just like get there's... in people's houses and show it off there you've got to like get them to come to you where you've got this whole apparatus set up to like show it off in any way that makes it seem impressive there's not many types of art that you can't get vicariously in some yeah. way. Like, an art installation, often you can still look at, like, pictures and video and stuff of it and at least get some level of um, appreciation for what it is, even if you aren't getting the full experience. Mm, yeah. But that's just not something you can do audiovisually when it's a kinesthetic thing. I... Mm, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. I think... I think specifically in the example of Stereopolis, I think um, I, I I actually recorded video of the gameplay uh, that I have shown to people before, uh, and I think um, you can get a lot of um, the idea of the experience through video. Obviously, that interactive element is you know a part of the experience regardless. I I it's it's slightly different, but I think of this in the sense that. Um, you can look at a piece of art on the internet and go, that's a really cool piece of art, but people still pay money to go and look at these pieces of art in person. And uh, obviously mean... that itself has its own issues of accessibility. Um, and I think that might just be, that is just an issue with, I think it's primarily an issue with the accessibility of um, of like art exhibits and things like this in general. Yeah, I I think the I I agree, and I think it is a general wide issue. But the the only reason why it's sticking with me a bit more with video games is that it it's not it's it's a very different medium than pretty much most other mediums that aren't. It's a it's a combination of a lot of different uh, senses that just can't be recreated. Yeah, I I get that. Uh, uh, and like 
as I say, I understand why all this is the case, and I'm not begrudging the people in terms of the thing. Mm. I'm more bemoaning the fact that uh, this has to be a thing, and that there are people who will never get a chance to experience these things as much as they'd love to. So what because... I think needs to happen is we have a revolution, right? <laughs> and we we enter a period of fully automated luxury gay space communism, and then people could just go to these things because robots are making their mockers now. Yeah. I'm glad we had That's this what talk. Has to happen. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad we had this talk and it concluded, it concluded with um, my <laughs> me <laughs> mashing <laughs> politics into it. No, I politics, mean... politics, it sounded like be, robots. To be and fair, robots. To be fair... Political robots. The, the entire thing was political <laughs> anyway. It was it was talking yeah, about... Yeah, um, exactly. How... Sure. how how systematically poor and disabled people have failed and I just yeah. think it's a real shame when mm-hmm. art gets caught up in that and becomes gentrified even That's if true. it's like a soft gentrification it's okay. just a shame yeah. I because do, I, I do feel agree like that it is probably on balance the case with most art things I think that doesn't necessarily make it better in this instance like I've never been one for like uh, it's like this everywhere so like it's fine. It isn't. Yeah. But I think, like, and it does kind of stand out to me as an example as well, and I think it's just because typically a lot of, like, art exhibits of this nature don't tend to come from something that is typically so accessible as a video game. Mm. Yeah. Like, so kind of, like, ubiquitous in that way, and so, like, I think it's just a question of what, like, where it's come from has sort of highlighted this more as being a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's... I, I just think it, it. there's an irony to it in terms of the fact that um, by being not mass-produced and being something that someone has fully artistically made, it becomes uh, more of a... Um, issue in terms of how capitalism affects who can access it. For sure, and like, Mm. that sort of thing is always negatively impacted by a capitalist system. Yeah, I I just... just... It's just another, like, really unfortunate thing. Um, I really, but I I completely, like, I'm completely with you, it is is a major accessibility issue. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, from 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 one deep thought into another. Oh shit! But this one takes place within the mind. Inside. No, inside in, of ta- Josh. It takes place inside of Josh. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like that movie with with the, with the with the antibiotic policemen. It's gonna be like Osmosis Jones, but inside Josh. It's... It's...
Josh is deep thoughts. It's time I, for some thoughts I, that are going to be deep, for fuck's sake. We've deep thoughts it right up. Right, well. Oh, I'm yawning. I'm terribly sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I'm terribly sorry. I have a frosted glass disc. Um, what? Oh, yeah. It's a callback. It's a callback, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of round video games, Josh, what are you thinking about right now? I am thinking about a great many... Oh, hang on a minute, I've got a text. Um... Oh, for fuck's sake. What is it? Fucking Wentworth Miller. Oh, add it again. He's just, he's just sent a picture of his... His face. His smug face. You know <laughs> the one. If, you, if um, you've seen him do Captain Cold, you know the one, right? Uh, damn, the shit-eating grin. Damn, Wentworth, at it again with your white face. Oh, <laughs> with, the, with his face. That's that's like a fun Vine callback. That one was. That's a fun Vine callback as opposed to a frosted disc callback. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, you know why? You know why? You know why he's sent that, don't you? It's to indicate that he's fine, because <laughs> cause he, cause he knows that what's going on. He knows about the whole ghost scenario, and he's just sending me that on a phone that is somehow working. I guess that I guess the ghost that haunts everything has somehow not made his way to Wentworth Miller's phone even, Wait because Wentworth Miller is fine, and he wants me to know that he's just sat there un, unaffected. With his fucking unfinished supercomputer that he built. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, right. you know using the, the one. Playstations. He's using the Playstations to mine Bitcoin and, or whatever the fuck yeah, he's doing. Yeah, and and when he was like he he got rid of half my room was like a thing that happened. Yeah. Um. So. Smug bastard. I. All right, call me a conspiracy theorist. Okay, but, you're a conspiracy theorist. Thanks. Um, Classic gag. <laughs> but like when when the whole thing with the uh, the machine first happened, just before it happened, Wentworth Miller sent us a mocking text about what was about to happen. Oh yeah, and we just wrote it off as him being him. Um, wait, what was the text? Oh, it was something like um, Wentworth Miller's. Stolen machine hijinks or something. It wasn't that, but it was like along the lines. It was just he he sent you that as a text. Yeah. And I mean, me. he's just sent me so many at this point that it's difficult to remember them all. That, if yeah. anything, is his greatest failing. Is just the oversaturation. But no, what I'm thinking here is he was involved in that first one. Yeah. Yeah. His supercomputer was involved as well within this whole like. Series of events. I mean, I mean, he has a supercomputer. I don't know that he's done anything with it. All right, but then after after s- hinting that he was involved in the scenario of Metaton getting his hands on the machine, um, he has now apparently not been affected by the ghost who haunts the podcast. Somehow, as if he struck a deal with the ghost, uh, um, see, whereby what he, would he struck a. 
How would how would he strike a deal with the ghost? What has he possibly got to offer the ghost? Probably solve uh, the ghost one of your copyrighted works. No, I think he probably what he probably did is he helped the he helped to engineer the scenario where the ghost could become the ghost who haunts everything. But the ghost who haunts everything hates his current state of being. He's constantly being overwhelmed by streams of data that he can't hope to like well, deal he didn't, with. He didn't predict that. No. Yeah, but I'm saying, why would he take Wentworth's deal now? What has Wentworth Miller got to offer him at this point? Oh, I've got a a supercomputer now. I don't... Oh, I can do a whole bunch of processing for you. Nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wentworth Miller's spectral endgame. There we go. It's, it's It's the next episode in the series. He's not mining Bitcoin, is he? No, he's mining the world. His supercomputer wasn't unfinished, it was just missing one component. And I've plugged that component into half the planet. Yep. So, Josh... I think I've I think I've solved the chain of events here. I think you may have, yeah. I I wish to God you hadn't, but Well, I mean at least it kinda takes some of the blame off of you, doesn't it? It does, it does. You think I the think idea that Wentworth Miller has been playing me this entire time makes me feel any better about this? Well, I mean it's he not He knew, Elodie. Somehow he knew that the only way I would have to defeat Metaton was to put a ghost on the internet, and once he downloads it into his new supercomputer, Jesus Christ, this is fucking stupid. I mean, that's the whole thing, no, isn't it? No, you know what? I'm done. I'm d- this has uh, gotten too ludicrous now. The situation is patently ludicrous. It's gotten too ludicrous... Now? How many people have had this problem, Astrid? Um, How many people in the history of humanity have had to deal with this issue? Eight at most. Yeah, at most. Probably probably a minimum of, like, three and a half. Maximum. No, I'd say the maximum is probably more around 12. Yeah, you're making I mean, the point there. Uh, I, I don't care what the maximum is. This is it's either Steve. way. It's fucking stupid. Wentworth Miller's plugging a ghost into a super that he can somehow make work with the machine. This is fucking stupid. Wentworth Miller, right? Whatever this is, okay, it can get in the fucking sea, because I'm done. I'm just not going to think about it. We're going to stop talking about it. We're going to do the fucking recommendations and this can fucking resolve itself. Sounds good to me. Because I am done. Sweet. <sighs> shall we Shall we, shall we do shall the recommendations we, then? Shall we end it then? Let's do the recommendations section. Yeah, so that was... George's deep thoughts. Just the thoughts that Josh has, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of deep sometimes. It's pretty interesting. 
deep situations that I have in my mind. Yeah, yeah, this one was more of a deep situation, I'd mm. say. Yeah, but you know, it, it's it ain't my deep situation anymore. So let's talk about games we've played. Yes. Who wants to go first? I've got a game for you. Okay. Yeah, but you weren't expecting that. Uh, I've been playing a game. I've been playing a horror game. Huh. Ooh. Always nice. Uh, it's a game called Detention. Oh. Oh? Are you I, familiar? I've not played it, but I think... Carry on, I'm just checking something. It, it is a horror game uh, in sort of the... sort of following the sort of Silent Hill model, almost, I guess. Uh, made by a Taiwanese studio called Red Candle, I believe. Yep, I, I, I think found it's Red it. Candle. It's, it's mm. in my um, it's in my wish list on Steam. So mm -hmm. I had heard of it and I wanted yeah. to play it, but I have not. It's on Steam. I I have it on the PS4. I believe it's also on the Switch. Should you have a care? Ooh. Uh, but yeah, I I picked it up because I saw it's 2D and it has kind of an art style. And it's an art style that I was... I was 50-50 on whether it would work. Like, mm -hmm. I, f I felt like something about the, heart, the art style might potentially take me out of it, but I was nevertheless intrigued. Uh, so I picked it up, started playing it, and I did not want to put it down. That's always a good sign of a game. Like, for the... Yeah. like. I just th throughout the entire experience I did not want to stop playing it like the only reason I did was because it was three in the morning and I had to sleep those were the only conditions under which I would put the game down and like it's it's really good like That's I like great. it's it's set in 1960s uh, Taiwan it was <laughs> Taiwan wasn't it let me look let me hang on I don't want to get the country wrong. Oh, hum ele uh, elevator music, that's my being. When you said... Da, 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 yeah, it's da, Taiwan. Da, da, da. There we go. Astrid, uh, quickly, i got to just say that you've just made me realise that I share like my first three letters with an elevator. Yeah, you do. There we go. Wait, you're no, basically actually. a lift no, now. No, you, no, you don't. No, I don't. No, you my don't. Two letters you, share the, you share the first three first letters two. with an elevator. I, I share the first I share the first couple of phonemes with an elevator. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, oh wow, this game actually came out in 2017. I thought this was recent. Oh. Yeah, I remember the. Re oh, I put okay. it on. It's been out for a while then, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it was released on Steam Greenlight. Oh, nice. Huh. Huh. Well, there you go. So it wasn't all bad. A relic of a bygone age. Yeah. Well, same so, Greenlight. Yeah, it's, I set, miss, it's set I in 1960s Taiwan, uh, which was under martial law at the time. Mm hmm. Uh. So, you know, already spooky scary. Uh, what, guys, what if the real monster is man? Ooh. Is there any skeletons in it? No, no skeletons. There are uh, spooky ghost things. Um, because you're walking around a school. And you're in the school, and it's Silent Hill. So you so, like Silent Hill happens at the school, so like you can't you can't. It's that kind of deal. 
So it's it's yeah. a psychological. It's based on uh, like the the world around the player character is sort of bending itself to <clears throat> so, the character's you know fears. I think I've heard of this before. You as well. Yeah. yeah. It's unusual for all of us to have heard of a game we're recommending. Yeah, Quite fancy unusual, that. yeah. Um so it's kind of uh, like a a side scrolly corpse party then. I guess. Yeah, side scrolly, you've got to find the uh items, solve the puzzles in kind of like and there it's kind of it's more the Silent Hill solve pu- solvey puzzly times as opposed to the Resident Evil. Um, uh, that possibly just kind of, well I mean because it is basically Silent Hill and uh, what do I want to say like it's more psychological than it is survival there are survival elements there are like ghostly things that will try and get you there aren't a lot like the variety of ghostly ghouly things mm-hmm Kind uh, kind of uh, barren, like uh, sparse, not sparse. What's the wo- what's the well, word I'm swinging no, for? Here? There aren't many of them. Spa- and, yeah. Sparse, sparse, yeah, sparse, is, yeah, sparse is the right word yeah. actually. Yeah. There are few. Uh, uh, to the to the extent where I almost feel like there were originally supposed to be more, because uh, okay. they're based in uh, Taiwanese folklore, I believe. That's cool. Uh, so, like, and you get like kind of little scraps of paper that are almost like a bestiary. So it, it just tells you, like, ah, oh, if this ha- if this one comes, hold your breath and go, run away and get if, away from it. If this one comes, and like, just, just the yeah, just the way it's set up like that. Yeah, that sounds really like, cool. Makes me feel I... like they were originally supposed to be more, but like it, it's I... pretty good with the ones that it has. Okay. Something that I like about the sound of that is mm-hmm. that um, almost all of the games that I've played, barring Persona, have only covered um, Western folklore and Japanese folklore, very mm. specifically. Persona has um, things from around the world, but they're a little bit skewed towards what will look cool in our video game rather than actually kind of accurately representing the cultural yeah. things. The um, cultural zeitgeist. Well, I mean, I mean, Persona... The, the, the entire concept of Persona is basically just what if all of these teens could go inside of the cultural zeitgeist? The lexicon of the cultural zeitgeist. But, yeah, in any case... I just love I mean, saying that. I, I just... Because most people who play video games are only really going to get a cultural understanding of very Western things. Like, you'll get your Norse gods, you get your Greek mythology yeah. fellas, you'll get some fairies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, some people will get more yokai and yurei and stuff yeah. like that. But we don't see many things from other areas of the world. And, and it's I... really nice to... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, I always appreciate it when a video James monster is um, has actual basis in culture. It's always nice to see where, it, like, there's a basis for your big gangly lantern friend who leans over you with his big lemma 
and is all spooky. And they yeah. give you a little kiss on the cheek. That's very sweet. Well, hopefully not. I've not actually seen what they do if they notice you. I've always, not to brag, but I've always perfectly avoided the lantern lammers. Nice. But, yeah, it's quite a short game. Uh, very well paced, I feel like. Okay, I, 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 there's definitely some, an, an appeal there. To, yeah. Like, there's, there's a big market for well paced short games. Yeah. Yeah, especially because there is kind of like the mystery hanging over the whole thing uh, because it's Silent Hill of what did I do to end up here? Uh, And it doesn't like keep you waiting for that too long. That's cool. Okay. Uh, Which is like (laughs) kind of to some extent an issue I had with Silent Hill 2, although like moment to moment the atmosphere was usually enough to keep me in anyway. It yeah, just felt like enough. a long time until I got like any kind of indication of what was going on. I am and wondering... I wonder if oh, the issue there is that... Like, I'm wondering if it's a case of Silent Hill 2 was paced a bit too slowly or a case of stuff like Detention can get away with being quicker because we've had Silent Hill and like we know mm. what's like, we know what the deal is with stuff like that, and so it doesn't need to spend time explaining because we fill in the blanks. There's a, there's, a, there's a sort of cultural understanding of that sort of genre. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much part of the cultural zeitgeist, and so, yeah. like, it, we d- it doesn't need to do that work and can just focus on, like... Exploring like that idea symboliz- rather than conceptualising What the symbolism means it. rather than explaining why the symbolism's there. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, cool. No, uh, I am wondering if they were influenced by Corpse Party at all, because I can see a lot of um, a lot of DNA there as well. Uh, in terms of um, the whole, not many different ghosts, not all that much time, more more spent um, more the environment itself. Being the... it's, it's like the ideal, the perfect foil to so many ghosts, so little time. Yeah, but I, I think Corpse Party did something similar, and but mm-hmm. in a in a much longer like package. It's not like Silent Hill long, but it's still quite long. Yeah. Um. So I'd like to see how something in the same vein is done briefly. Without it losing that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you, you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I would definitely recommend this one, especially because I've not, I've not played a great deal of horror recently. Cool. I, mean, okay, I, I own stuff that I could go through, but like this was just like a nice change of pace, and like I said, it has an atmosphere that like completely just kept me locked in until I hit the point of absolute exhaustion and had to go to bed. So. I mean, I'll definitely have to check that out then. Make make sure you've got some time free. Yeah. But yeah, definitely give it a look. It's absolute just just a joy to play. Cool, I will. The vast majority of horror that I've played has been um has been very abstract. I don't mm-hmm. do well with um I don't do well with like a three D horror game. I can't like grounded really realistic to play. horror. Yeah, wow. I really wanted to play what's it called? Um, you know the one. 
Yeah, that one. The 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 the, the one where you go down. And it's dark. The dark descent. What's the amnesia? amnesia. That's it. Yeah. Couldn't play amnesia. <laughs> there we go. Got that. Yeah, again. amnesia. Amnesia. Amnesia is very. It, it feels for a game that's quite out there. It feels very grounded. So I totally get right, that. The, the the thing is just that I don't I don't cope with something that immersive. Yeah. When yeah. Absolutely. There's like constant constant threat that you can't really do anything about. Hmm. Um, but I I like a game like that. If a lot of the ones that I've played have been um, tiny little RPG maker indie horrors. Mm. Uh, like I've recommended mm-hmm. a couple on here before. Like Corpse Party started as one of those, and then kind of with, with its um, remakes and re-releases, ended up becoming a much bigger thing. But there's also stuff like Mad Father and stuff like that that oh, I've yeah. recommended before. Um, and then things like Eve and stuff, which are completely free and just short little puzzly horror games. Yeah. Um, most of them I, I can perfectly enjoy, and I think it's just because there's that buffer between me and the the frightening. Yeah, that's fair. That I don't yeah. get with something like Amnesia. Mm. It's the same reason why I... It, there's not many horror films that I can enjoy, mm. uh, but I'll, I love a horror story. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, and I'm just I'm just saying this because I think that um, this is the sort of game from the look of it that I could yeah. actually play as someone who loves horror but can't cope with certain types of horror. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, shall I talk about my recommendation next? Talk no. about your recommendation. Oh, okay. I've, I've been I've been overruled. Okay. No, Astrid. Fuck. You're going third because. Uh, Sorry, I have... Astrid. I've not got the authority to overturn That's this. Fine. <laughs> Josh has the least authority out of all of us, if you think about it. Mm. Uh, because... The most segments. Yeah, most least authority. Segments. That's the trade-off. <laughs> Oh jeez, if we could become capitalism, Astrid. The person who does the most work. I've got has... the deepest thoughts and yet n- not not a smidge of authority to show yeah. for it. Oops. The intellectuals have been persecuted. Uh, I, this week, am doing the obligatory recommendation for something that's not a video game. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! So, I look oh, forward nice. to it. What is it? What is it? What so is that's it? what. That's why I decided to put it in the middle because I thought we could end with yours, Astro. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my recommendation is the album "San Francisco's" by the band Dream Bitches. That is sounds uh, fucking amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it's it's incredibly indie, so I thought it had its place. Um, you can only you can only order it on Bandcamp. But cool. you can order the audio CD. I happened to find it in the basement of a used bookshop in central London. That's Bought it so on cool. A whim because I like the cover. Yeah. And I'm having a look at it now. Fucking amazing. Um, hang on, just opening it's... up the Bandcamp page. Give it a moment. It's the album San Francisco. San Francisco. That yeah. is a very funky album cover. Yeah, and I got it because I like the cover. Cool. That's really good. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's my indie game recommendation. Is the album San Francisco's by the band Dream Bitches. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's good. Uh, I'm actually going to check that out after we finished. Um. So my recommendation is going to be short because it's more of a recommendation to put something on your Steam wish list because it's not currently out. Because okay. I. Okay. Didn't play it at EGX Race, but someone did, and no one told me about it, and they gave me a very, very in-depth experience, uh, description, so I could like, sort of get a feel for it. Um, so, um, it's a game called Disco Elysium. Imagine, if you will, that mm-hmm. popular gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson made a video game about an alcoholic police officer that wakes up and cannot remember anything about himself or how reality works and he has to solve a murder I see hmm the first ten minutes of the demo I played at Res was a discussion between your inner thoughts about whether you should die in your sleep and fall into the abyss where everything is fine and nothing is like there are no obligations or to wake up and experience an intense hangover and have people tell you to do things for, that that you have to do okay which is like hashtag relatable but um that's a choice yeah right there yeah i know right um and it's really interesting it's like a um it's like a point and click rpg and there's going to be eventually character customization. Um, and the leveling system is really interesting because rather than just leveling up skills and those numbers increasing, each of your skills is a certain inclination that's part of your personality. And in your inner monologue, um, those different skills or person like personality traits will say, for instance, hey, you should totally do that thing because you'd like doing that thing or wow you shouldn't do that because everything is terrible and you should not do the thing and stuff like that and leveling those skills up means that they interject more in conversations and whilst you're exploring the game and leveling them up increases your chances of success for picking those options and it's really interesting and cool and the art style is gorgeous and the writing is amazing and the voice acting is like terrifyingly good wait so have you actually heard the voice acting yes i have i played it at um i I, well um somebody recorded it and played a clip of it oh oh i see okay so like i forgot about the bit we were doing (laughs) yeah no we're doing that bit yeah, no, I forgot about that, so I actually thought that oh. you didn't get a chance to play it. No, no. Okay, <laughs> let's break away from the bit. Yeah, I yeah. played this video <laughs> game. <laughs> I played this video game and it's very good. Democracy's <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens. It's fucking Rome all over again. It's what happens when you let everyone have a say. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we no, should, we should. I have played this game. No, I can't make it that I've, no, sure. I've played this game. It's very good. You should add it to your Steam wishlist and like follow the devs on Twitter and see its updates, watch the trailer, all that jazz, because I have a very good feeling about this game. A very good feeling. And it deserves praise and attention. 
as my recommendation. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I. Oh my god! I can't believe I, I entirely forgot, and I just, I literally just thought. You forgot that about the bit that, that you, you started. <laughs> it's been an hour. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, that's fun. That's the All Indian right. podcast. Yeah. There we go. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the, we're just wrapping up here over here at the um, at the LED's Room Res 2018 convention at the LED's yeah. Room Convention Center. Yeah. Which is nicer than Tobacco Docks. It's less easy to get lost. Uh, it's just currently it's the final panel, which is the things that I've been fiddling with throughout this podcast panel. Mm. Uh, so what we mm. got here, we got. Two almost broken hair thingies, you know the hair tie things, the little bands yeah. that you put in your hair. Two of them. The hair bands. Yeah, a little knitted owl that used to be a uh, hat for a innocent smoothie bottle. Excellent. A broken small plastic bull from a wine bottle that has a small plastic bull on it that I could steal. Reliable. Uh, the back of a pin badge. Which is currently on the horn of the small plastic bull. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, a small plastic frog. Two dice. Uh, a plastic Psyduck. Plastic Star Wars ship. Plastic Halo alien skull. A rubber lobster and a small plastic skaven. And a light bulb stress ball. That's all of the things I've fiddled with and that's the end of the podcast. What's your advice, Josh? Wait, we haven't. Oh yeah, we haven't promotion. done any self-promotion. Huh? We still need to do that, Elodie. My advice is to do self-promotion, Elodie. Huh? Oh, okay. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> In uh, ten seconds or less. Twitter at Jan Tyrant, uh, YouTube uh, The Abominable Showman, and also find me on Indie Haven, where I'm going to be doing another worth mentioning video on the monetization of Warframe. That's that's more than ten words, but it was also very good. So I'll I'll let you. I I'll thought let you, you said ten seconds. No, no, yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, ten seconds ten probably seconds. made more sense. Um, yeah, you did good. Democratically, you said ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Astrid. Um, you, know, you can go to Twitter at Jaffmeister where I um, share all my content. You can go to Jaffmeister.com where I also post all my content. You can also go to you can go to Rock Paper Shotgun where um, oh, fuck fuck I fucked up my own thing. <laughs> that was more than ten seconds. I'm terrible and I lose. Um, you can go to Rock Paper Shotgun where currently there's a, th- a feature where I analyse David Lynch teachers typing as if it was an actual David Lynch game. A movie, um, and th- um, by the time this goes up, there will also be an audio, probably an audio feature on EGX Resed. There, uh, if it isn't yet, um, sorry, RPS for spoilers, um, but you should go have a look at that. It's very good. I'm very proud of it. And you can also find me on Indie Haven, obviously. Okay, I so the fun thing about that is that in you trying to be as fast as possible, it actually took you longer than you sure to do. <laughs> Fuck off. And that always the way. So you can find me on Twitter at KemiWordsCHMYWords, uh, same on Patreon, look mm-hmm. for LD Cunningham on YouTube, and you can find the music for this podcast on chemicalwordsmith.bandcamp.com, and you can also find me on Andy Haven. Nice! Josh! Yeah. Thought, uh, advice! You already did the thoughts. Advice! Advice! 
advice. I mean, I mean, well, the world's ending, which may or may not be my fault. So, uh, ah, fuck it. I've got a confession to make. Oh. You know how there's a lot of crows hanging around. Oh yeah. Me, yeah. seemingly. Yeah, Necrobius is crows, yeah. The ones who dissolved yeah. my street that time. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely a coincidence that they're here. And... Are you friends with Crobius? Sort of. And given that, you know, the ghost situation's happening and we're all probably gonna die, I... Really don't feel like I've got anything to lose, so uh <sighs> I'm oh hang on, sorry, I've got a text. Nope. Never mind, resolved itself. Oh okay. Yeah, Wentworth oh. Miller's lab burned down. Oh nice. There we go. So Yep, whole suppose... thing just burnt up. Huge conflagration. I How did, did it burn? How did it burn? Uh, they don't know. They said ordinarily that they would be looking into it, but apparently since it only happened to a fictionalised version of Wentworth Miller, they're not. it's not particularly serious. Oh yeah, I should imagine not. Uh, so, what's, yeah. what's, what's, I suppose, what, what's your, your advice regarding that, then? Uh, How can you wrap that up into a, an excellent life, life hack? Oh, it's difficult to say, really. I mean, it's... it's kind of sudden I don't really know what happened we don't even know if, who did it if you're if you ex- how's about how I'll give you this one for free if you've there's a shit thing give it a bit and it might mysteriously burn down and you'll be fine yeah it'll all be fine if you just wait for a mysterious unidentified arsonist nice there we go bye everyone yeah <clears throat> bye everyone hope you like the podcast I mean, thanks for agreeing to help me with this. Uh, just kind of, you know, I'd, like this is just really sudden and it seems too convenient, and it's to do with Wentworth Miller, so I kind of don't want to take stuff for granted. That's I just, fine. I mean, I just last really time want we to left know what you this alone. happened. Yeah, last time we left you alone dealing with problems, all of your security joined Metaton. So well, I thought yeah, I'd okay, let's not let's not go saying stuff that paints me in a bad light. That's fine. It's fine. I'm here. Uh, so, big mysterious conflagration. Uh, nobody, nobody knows who the arsonist was. Uh, there was there was a witness. Oh. Uh, didn't get a clear look at the uh, arsonist. But who was the witness? Uh, hang, hang on, hang on. Let let me get the witness. Okay. Oh, he's actually uh we know him. We know okay. him. Uh, hang on, let me let me bring him in. Uh All right. Yeah, could you just come could you just come in here? 
Oh, hello, I'm Nigel Soundsbury. I was a witness to the arson. I'm from Swindon, and I like fish on me dinner plate. I used to think that I had a brother called Malcolm. It turns out I don't. It was a lie, a fiction implanted in my mind by forces beyond me understanding. Now I don't know what to believe anymore. Do I even like fish on me dinner plate? How can I be sure when I can't even trust me own memories? Me entire world's been turned upside down. Me every waking ah. moment's an existential nightmare. Anyway, I saw yeah. the arson. I'm gonna go now and eat some fish and fret over whether it was truly my decision to do so. Bye! Uh, bye then? Nigel okay. Sansbury uh, witnessed yeah. the arson. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask him what he saw, but he, he's gone now. Yeah, he just sort of barged out. Uh, he's been through a lot. Uh, after it turned out that Malcolm Sansbury was in fact uh, not real, but merely a secret identity of... Grammy Bones' son. Well, I've, I've got Nigel Sansbury's statement here, at least, so... Okay. Uh, didn't get Didn't get a clear look, they were dressed all in black, had their face covered... Uh, through, uh, and I quote, a lot of fire at the building. <laughs> I mean, that narrows it down, because we don't know too many people that can throw a lot of fire. We don't know many pyromancers, it's true. Uh, uh, here we go. Uh, uh, witness reports to have only heard one statement, uh, reportedly... As the arsonist left, they were heard shouting. Huh. What, 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 what is it? Well, I'll be damned. What did they shout? Thank God for me. Thanks for listening to Podhaven.